More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Today on More to Life, when words hurt, sometimes the things people say cause the most wounds. We're going to help you deal with the verbally abusive people in your life. 877-573-7825. Everyone says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Hopeful. Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical, theology of the body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Good morning, everyone. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, we are talking about when words hurt. Sometimes the things people say cause the worst wounds. We want to help you deal with those verbally abusive people in your life. Give us a call at 877-573-7825 and tell us, Is someone being disrespectful, unkind, or cruel to you in some way? Do they take their anger out on you? Maybe they say or do hurtful things and then blame you for their actions. Are you worn out from trying to tiptoe around their anger or trying to make them happy only to feel like you've failed? When they blame you, when when the smallest thing happens and sets them off, 877 Five seven three seven eight two five. Again, that's eight seven seven five seven three seventy eight twenty five. You know, I don't think there's anything tougher because when someone we care about or someone we respect says something or continues to subtly say things over and over again that make us feel diminished, make us feel less than, it cuts to the core. And certainly if we experience this as children and we're adults now, that for most adults is still being carried in some way, shape or form that on days we get down or we're struggling, it comes back up and and suddenly we're right back to being kids or we feel less than and let's talk about for a minute what the less than is you know it's less than who we are as children of God so this is not about going around thinking you know we're the best things in sliced bread it's about the dignity we have as adopted sons and daughters of God And we deserve in that legacy that God has given us to be treated with dignity, with caring, with love. And when other people's brokenness causes them to treat us badly, to say unkind words, to run us down, to try to diminish us, that is really from the evil one. And 
we need to understand that it is so that we can act in accordance with it, defend ourselves in a righteous and healthy way, and also call them on to be better than they are behaving in that moment because they're diminishing themselves as well. 877-573-7825. We're talking about those times when words hurt. If there's someone who's being disrespectful or unkind or cruel to you, someone who takes their anger out on you or says or does hurtful things and then blames you for what they've done, maybe you're worn out from trying to tiptoe around them, uh, deal with their anger or trying to make them happy only to feel like you've failed when the smallest thing sets them off, let us help at 877-573-7825. You know, something you said, Lisa, reminded me of a story of St. Ephraim. Uh, in ancient Rome, he was trying to make a point, and he held up a coin. Mm. And, uh, and on the reverse of the coin was the face of the emperor. And he made the point of, of uh, well, first of all, at that time, to, to do anything to deface the image of the emperor was a capital offense. It meant, you know, death. Death. So, That's you know, somebody, you know, painted a mustache on the side. You know? <laughs> or, or melted the coin yeah. or did anything that, you know, would would insult the emperor in some way. And he said, he said, I'm paraphrasing, of course, but he said, you know, you know that to deface the image of the emperor is a capital offense. Then how much worse is it to deface the image of God by in, insulting another person? by hurting another person you know that when when we treat another person you know we, we we when it comes to this idea of verbal abuse you know very often we feel like the the you know we feel guilty setting boundaries or saying something but as you were saying it's it's the loving thing to do to to, to set those boundaries because that prevents that other person from defacing an image of god well i i, I want to bring up two thoughts here very quickly one is you know as you're talking about this this coin thing that St. Ephraim did. I also think about whenever, God forbid, a church is broken into, something happens, every faithful Catholic, our immediate response is, is the body of Christ okay? Did they they do something to the tabernacle? Is Jesus okay? Is his body, blood, soul, and divinity present there? untouched by this harmful thing and we all kind of take a deep breath when we find out that nothing has been disturbed in the way of the holy eucharist and yet we don't react that way when someone has caused us harm well, even it, verbally yeah well it's interesting you say that because because uh, ken pargament is a psychologist of religion he 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 is kind of the the guy um, for you know, how does one ethically and effectively integrate religious right. practice into into counseling? And one of the things he talks a lot about is that the things that happen to us, traumatic events, things that undermine our dignity, he refers to them as desecrations. Yes, because, yes, because we, we are, are the tabernacles of the Lord. <laughs> we are, we are. We receive Him into our bodies. We are His children. And when people run us down, verbally cause us pain or we do that to them you know if you're in that pattern with somebody else and you're realizing as we talk today that that's not okay and you want to change that pattern we're here for that as well but we often many of us go to making excuses for other people oh you know they went through this as a child or they're having a hard time or as though that makes it okay for them to pass on their pain 
to us in a destructive way. It's fine if they share it. They come to you. They need to talk about their pain. It's not okay if they're taking it out on you in a way that desecrates you as a child of God, as a tabernacle of the Lord. Probably don't hear that on any secular station about what it really means to go through any kind of verbal attack or verbal abuse. We're here to help you with that today so that you can become everything God wants you to be. 877-573-7825. Every day on More to Life, we take a look at the topic of the day through the lens of St. John Paul's Theology of the Body. For folks who aren't aware of what that is, uh, when St. John Paul was Pope, he gave a series of reflections over the course of about five years where he looked at how we can see God's fingerprints all over creation. And uh, when we examine those fingerprints, so to speak, we can discover God's plan for living a more abundant life and having healthier, holier relationships. The theology of the bo- excuse me, the theology of the body reminds us that every human being has a God-given right to be treated in a loving manner. And that means in all things, everything we do and say should be ordered toward respecting each other building up one another and working for each other's ultimate good. When someone lashes out at us or is harsh, unkind, cruel, or disrespectful in any way, they're not only hurting us, as we were saying, they are undermining their own dignity by sinning against God and us with their hurtful words. In the face of their behavior, the most loving thing we can do is set whatever charitable boundaries, limits, or even consequences that might be necessary to remind them that no matter how upset, frustrated, or angry they might feel, they are made for more and that they are capable of behaving better. You know, just like Jesus challenged the Pharisees when they tried to trap him with their poisoned tongues, we have a right to set appropriate, effective limits when people make cruel comments or lash out or bully or attempt to emotionally manipulate us. Verbal abuse attacks the God-given dignity of the person. It defaces the image of God, as I was saying just a few minutes ago. Each of us was created to love and be loved and we, we can only speak to each other in ways that affirm and support and challenge and encourage and build each other up. Words are powerful. When God speaks, things come into being. And when we speak, we shape hearts and minds. It's never okay to use our words to hurt another person, no matter how angry or hurt we might feel. We need to find charitable ways to express our frustrations with each other and charitable ways to set appropriate boundaries but we sometimes forget how to do that. And together, we can help each other learn to use the power of our words for good. So if you are in a situation where words are hurting you, where someone is being disrespectful, unkind, or cruel to you, if they take their anger out on you, or say or do hurtful things, and then blame you for their behavior, let's talk about how to handle that gracefully. 877-573-7825. Let's take our concerns to the Lord, and then we'll start taking your calls. In the name of the Father, Father, the the Son, Son, and the the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we come into your presence and we bring to you those people who are cruel, unkind, or disrespectful to us, those people who lash out in anger. And we work hard to try to please them, to try to address their concerns, but it seems like sometimes there are certain people, Lord, that, that we just can't make happy, that we can't set those boundaries with, and we don't know what to do. So we end up either becoming 
withdrawn and resentful, or we end up lashing out too. Help us know how to respond to those people gracefully, so that we can be sensitive and compassionate to their concerns, but set boundaries around the abusive and unhealthy behavior so that we can act for their good, for ours, and the good of our relationships, so that in all things we are building your kingdom. We ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and in the name, in the name of the, the Father, Father, the, the Son, Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great. Pray for us. Today on More to Life, when words hurt, sometimes the things people say cause the worst wounds. You know, the, 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 the childhood rhyme, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Honestly, I always thought it was nonsense. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> don't, all, don't most of us still carry the scars from the things that people said to us in our childhoods? And it's hard to get past it. Uh, words do hurt. Uh, and so we're talking today about verbal abuse, those times when people in our lives speak unkindly, disrespectfully, cruelly to us, or take their anger out on us, and we're not sure how to deal with it. 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Anne, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Indiana. Hi, Anne. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Uh, well, my mother um, and father have recently moved into a, 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 an independent um uh, community and, and um, my parents had to be moved out of um, their home they've had since the 70s. Uh, my father has had two strokes. He is 93 and my mother is 85. Uh, my father has pretty much taken care of my mother pretty much all her life. Um, she's always been a, a bitter person. Um, but when I was there trying to help her, um, with uh, transferring a document and, and uh, at, at her apartment, you know, transferring it uh, via the computer. Uh, she didn't like the way I was doing it, started calling me stupid, uh, just yelling and screaming at me, uh, telling her, t- saying she was going to put her foot in my mouth. Oh, my. Um, and, yeah, and you're saying that this is not just because she's now frightened that your father is not really able to take care of her, that this is a long-standing pattern. I want to be sure of that, because I want to give her the grace of being, you know, at the end of 10 years of her life and being frightened about her husband's situation. But this is just who she is. Is that correct? Well, I mean, this this, this is, this, she's def- this behavior is definitely... Um, exacerbated by the fact that you know she is now having to be my uh, father's full-time caregiver she's never had to deal with you know the money aspect yeah um you know she was taken out of you know i mean not taken i mean finally moved out of the home that she begged to get out of because she couldn't take care of it anymore because of my father being ill and now so she actually wanted to go she wanted to leave the home Oh, yeah, she, she did, because, okay. I mean, she could no longer handle, all right. you know, all the responsibilities that came with the home, and now that she's out of the home, she's mad, she's upset. Sure. Um, you know, the, uh, all right. the, well, a lot of, go ahead. Oh, no, that's all right. I just wanted to jump in, because I, I think I have enough to kind of go on yeah, here. And, and so, so what's going on. Um, you know, obviously, we, we want to be sensitive to the fact, you know, naturally, we naturally want to be sensitive to the fact that, you know, our, our, our elderly parents are going through a lot health-wise and transition-wise. It's hard to feel powerless. It's hard to even, even if she wanted to move, there's that sense of dislocation loss. and loss and you know. grief. 
but but as I said earlier, it, it regardless of how we're feeling. I mean, for example, even if even if somebody did something, you know, even if Lisa does something that really hurts my feelings, that doesn't give me the right to lash out at her. I mean, it's a natural response, but it's, it doesn't give me the right to do it. And so, you know, the compassionate way to set boundaries with your mom in this situation is to say, is, is, and this is going to be hard to do, so I kind of want you to write it out, and I want you to mentally rehearse it between now and the next time you see her. When she acts that way again, especially if you're trying to help, I want you to look at her and say, Mom, I know how hard it is for you right now. I know that you're scared and you're frustrated and you're overwhelmed, and I am trying to help you. If you would like my help... I need you to speak to me respectfully. Do you think that you can do that, or do I need to leave? Then you're done. Right? That's where you leave it. It's like you don't try to convince her to be, behave better. You, you don't, don't try to talk her, her out of any of her feelings. You don't even try to be compassionate beyond what Greg just said, because that's going to get you in a loop of escalating her feelings and the whole conversation going off the rails. You, you empathize, and then you present the choice. Mom, I love you. I am here to help you. I, and again, you can acknowledge the pain. I'm so sorry that you're feeling so frustrated and overwhelmed and uh, whatever, whatever you think it is, okay? But I am here because I'm trying to help you. I need you to speak to me respectfully or I need to go. What, what, which is it going to be? And you just, you, you, you compassionately present, you, you know, you, you're, you're not being mean to her. You're not yelling at her. You're not getting sucked into the drama. You're just helping her be her best self, and you're trying to be as compassionate and helpful as you reasonably can without putting yourself in harm's way. If she takes a beat and then says, I'm really sorry, I shouldn't be treating you this way, you're right, I'm just going through a lot, but I won't do it anymore, you're good, you keep helping. If she starts blaming it on you, if she attacks you in any way, if she defends herself, you say, Mom, I'll come back on a day where you can be more calm and respectful so we can get this done. I love you. Good luck getting through the day. You, you, and, and, you you know, it may or may not be useful to, you know, so, so in some cases it's helpful after that to, you know, say, look, I can't come back until you can apologize or, you know, I want you to judge that based on this. You know, if, if in her case... You know, if you feel like that's never going to happen and you still need to be able to be there to provide some level of care, then you can let those individual offenses go. But just you know, repeat what I just said um, every time she does it. Ideally, what would happen is that when you left, you could you know call her up and say, hey, you know, I'd like to come by to, today to help. But before I do, I need to know that you're in a different place. You know, are you going to be able, can I come over and you're able to kind of hold it together and not lash out at me again? Because I can only be there as long as you can be respectful to me. Like that would be ideally what would happen. And you wouldn't go back until you could at least get some basic confirmation that she's willing to try to treat you more respectfully. If you feel like she's not in a place where that would ever, ever work, but you still need to be back in there to provide some kind of basic level of care, then you can at least do the first part. Um, but if you can pull off both, the, the second thing would be really working for the good of your relationship and, and her, the good of her soul, ultimately. All right, Anne, i got to go, but thank you so much for the, the question, and I hope that those suggestions will help you move forward. If there's more that we can do for you, don't hesitate to reach out to us. We do talk more about this in my book, God Help Me. These people are driving me nuts, making peace with difficult people. Again, that's God Help Me. These people are driving me nuts, making peace with difficult people. We'll be back in just a few minutes. We're continuing to take your calls about dealing with verbally abusive people, folks who can't seem to control their mouth or their behavior when they get angry or upset about something and they just lash out. What do we do? 877 573 
888-627-7825. When we come back, we're taking more of your calls. Plus, we'll be talking with Rachel Isaac about some insights for dealing with those verbally abusive situations. Stick around. The Wisdom of Mother Angelica. I said to the churches one day, what do you think you're going to look like in heaven? Oh, some of them had absolutely magnificent ideas. I didn't think of one of them. So I got desperate because then my turn came. I didn't know what to say. And so in desperation, I said, what do you think I'll wear in heaven? And they all said with one voice, armor. (laughs) EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. This program is brought to you by the following nonprofit underwriter. CMF Turo is the Catholic healthcare option you've been searching for. From concierge service to ethical consultations to partnerships with one of the nation's largest healthcare sharing ministries, CMF Turo offers a pro-life Catholic approach to your overall health and well-being. Find out today if CMF Turo is right for you. Call 833-GET-CURO. That's 833-GET-CURO or visit mycatholichealthcare.com. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today's show is titled When Words Hurt. We're talking about those verbally abusive people in our lives, the folks who get angry with us for whatever, and they just don't control what they say, and then they blame us for it afterward. How do we deal gracefully? Give us a call. 877-573-7825. Joining us right now, Rachel Isaac. She is a pastoral counselor with CatholicCounselors.com. She directs the St. Sebastian Center for Program Excellence. She is an expert on the psychology of performance and success. Rachel, welcome to More to Life. Thank you for having me. So, you know, one of the hardest things to get past when people speak to us cruelly or unkindly is, is it damages our, our self-concept, our, our ability to think of ourselves in, in good ways. How do we begin to rebuild that identity when somebody has treated us this way and, and, and torn, torn us down? Well, when someone speaks to us in a hurtful way, it's it's natural for us to take their words personally. And like you said, this can really affect the way that we view and, and feel about ourselves. So the first thing that I want to share is something that we're not really told very often, um, and that's the fact that the way that people treat us says more about them than it does about us. And of course, likewise, you know, the way that, that we treat others says more about our emotional state and how we're handling things than it does about the other person. Now, logically, we might be able to understand this, but it can be really difficult to believe that at an emotional level. 
when someone you know, says hurtful or harmful things to us, it really affects our self-talk. So we start focusing on our own faults, our weaknesses, and all kind of the negative things that we might perceive about ourselves. So one exercise I would encourage would be to start acknowledging the things that you do well every day, either throughout the day or at the end of the day or both. Write down the things that you did well, whether that was stand up for yourself in a conversation, you solved a problem effectively, maybe you reached out to a friend or you cleaned up that pile of clothes that's been sitting in the corner, you know, or you made your bed, right? No matter how big or small it might feel, it still matters. When we can start acknowledging the things that we do well, we can start acknowledging our strengths. And because of this, we'll start recognizing that who we are and what we do does not align with the hurtful things that are being said about us or to us. And over time, this will help us recognize that those hurtful people are not right about what they're saying to us and that those hurtful people are not helping us. They're simply tearing us down because of their own sense of powerlessness. You know, and it's, 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 I think thinking of it this way helps us frame our response because instead of trying to convince the other person that they're wrong about us what you're really suggesting we need to do is hold up a mirror uh, and and well I like was saying with the previous caller give them a chance to change their behavior or let them know that we can't be around them and I think it's so important that you're saying really look at your day and write down the things that you've done well because when someone has torn us down especially over time belittled us and worn us away like water against a rock we have a hard time knowing how to handle something we look at it as too big but if we can start to affirm each ourselves little by little writing down those things to realize that we are capable we are doing things to work for our own good and the good of other people and see it in writing we can begin to build ourselves back up just step by step the way they've been tearing us down Ours is the truth, theirs is because of their pain, and it's a lie. And I really appreciate you shining light on that today, Rachel Isaac. Rachel, thank you so much for being with us. And if folks would like to learn more about her good work, you can go to catholiccounselors.com and check out the St. Sebastian Center for Performance Excellence at catholiccounselors.com. God bless, Rachel. Thank you again for being here today. Thank you for having me. And with that, we are taking your calls at 877-573-7825 about those times when words hurt. Is someone being disrespectful, unkind, or cruel to you? Maybe they take out their anger on you, say or do hurtful things, and then blame you for their behavior. Maybe you're worn out from trying to tiptoe around their anger or make them happy all the time only to feel like you failed when the smallest thing sets them off. You might be dealing with a verbally abusive situation. Let us help you deal gracefully. 877-573-7825. More to Life will be back with more of your calls after these messages. Father Benedict Groeschel. Ah, oh, I love reverence. Wherever I go in the world, I usually go to visit the religious buildings. And no matter what I see, I see reverence. Awe. I've been in temples and mosques where I saw more reverence and awe of God than I see in Christian churches, even sometimes in Catholic churches. Oh yes, let me say it. When I was a boy, Catholics were much more reverent and respectful in church. You never, ever spoke in church. I was a young priest. A man had a heart attack at the beginning of mass. I stopped the mass. We prayed for the man while the police were coming, the ambulance. 
They removed him from the church. He didn't die. Not one word was spoken. The police officers and the ambulance attendants who came whispered respect. I wish it were true today. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. Sanctity is not an outgrowth of a person's political opinions. Sainthood is about the demonstration of heroic virtue, and that has virtually nothing to do with a person's politics. Not all political views are equally good, but whatever your political view, you can be a saint. Because being a saint doesn't mean that you have all your intellectual opinions perfectly formed. It means you have been purged of disordered self-love, and you have put on Christ. The late Cardinal George used to say, the church is not conservative or liberal. The church is Catholic. Dorothy Day, was she conservative or liberal? Oscar Romero, conservative or liberal? St. John Paul II, conservative or liberal? We have a different agenda, even when it comes to the social order. But our primary agenda is sainthood. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Hi, I'm Lisa Popcheck. The key to being effective at handling conflict is keeping a close eye on our own emotional temperature. On a scale of 1 to 10, you never want to allow yourself to get over a 7, especially when you're in disagreement with someone. How do you know when you're getting too hot? One of the first behavioral signs that we are approaching a 7 on our emotional temperature scale is that we start to speak and act too quickly for our brain to keep up. We start to trip over our words. We make silly, avoidable mistakes like knocking over a glass that we're reaching for. When our emotional temperature gets too high, we lose track of details, which makes it harder to solve problems and often makes us do and say things that make problems even worse. To lower your stress temperature, one deceptively simple technique is to deliberately slow down. Speak a little more slowly than you want to. Or instead of thinking of all the things you have to do next, focus your mind on what you're doing now. Consciously slowing down lets your thinking brain catch up with your feeling brain, which lets your whole brain work on resolving the conflict. To learn more, check out our book, Unworried, A Life Without Anxiety, or visit catholiccounselors.com. Welcome back, folks. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, the show is titled, When Words Hurt. Is someone being disrespectful, unkind, or cruel to you? Maybe that person takes their anger out on you, or says or does hurtful things, and then blames you for their behavior. You might be dealing with verbal abuse. Give us a call at 877 573 Seven eight two five. Perhaps you're out of the situation, but something somebody has done to you in this way is still causing you pain and doubt in yourself all these years later. Or perhaps you're realizing that this is a pattern you have yourself of treating people this way. And after hearing that every single person is a tabernacle of the Lord, a child of God, you're realizing you have to get that under control and you're not sure how, we're here for that as well. Give us a call at 877 573 
888-528-7825. Before we go back to our calls, we want to say that our friends in Indiana need to hear from you next week. Catholic Radio India is airing their Fall share next Wednesday and Thursday. So if you're listening to any of their five stations throughout Indiana or anywhere, please support your EWTN Catholic Radio station. And wherever you're tuning in, make sure to support your local Catholic Radio station, especially during that uh, fall pledge drive and share season. Mm-hmm. Uh, support them with your prayers, but also with your dollars, so we can keep Catholic Radio going strong and growing stronger every day so that we can be here to support you in living a more abundant life. I think that even today's topic is something that most of our listeners will realize is not ever covered on secular radio in this life-affirming, God-affirming, faith-affirming way. So you need Catholic Radio here for just this kind of reason. Please keep it here by supporting your local Catholic Radio station. Right now we are going back to our calls on what happens and how you deal with something when you've been through some kind of verbal abuse in your life or you're going through it now? Let us give you some help there at 877-573-7825. Right now we're talking with Patty, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Illinois on Covenant Radio. Hi, Patty. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Hi, Dr. Greg and Lisa. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, what's going on with me is I uh, have senior level management position at the state of Illinois uh, government um, in workforce. And so I build IT systems for that help people um, get off of welfare and things like that. And I have to work collaboratively um, with other senior managers, so like policy, fiscal. And um, the situation I've been in for several years now is that um, – I'm relying on them to feed me the information, get things set up so that we can build the systems and implement and help people throughout the state get education, get skills upgrades, be, uh, you know, fully self-sustaining lives. And so that's where I'm coming from in the context of what I'm doing, and I love doing it. And what occurs is that when um, in the last couple of years, particularly two uh, peer managers, they're just, there's confrontation, um, there's lack of listening, there's just really, I get on meetings and um, I'm interrupted and it it's, feels hostile. And I used to, when this first started occurring, to react and be just really mad <laughs> and defend. I heard that just a little bit ago, that whole defense. And then finally I was just like, I'm really going to really pray about this. I took some self hope uh, classes and courses and things like that and so I went to the opposite side where I've just been really humble and humbling myself and that seems to have squelled some of it but I had a whole nother situation this week where I was bringing a whole new design in and thinking it was going to be great and they didn't listen and just like shut me down and there's other can, can you give me an example of like how, how does that happen so what, what give me a concrete example of what they would do or say that you're not sure how to respond to well um it's uh, I'm in the meeting there. I'm speaking and explaining and, and going through like a PowerPoint and there's the, I don't get this. I don't know why you're showing this right now. This isn't what we wanted to have in this meeting. Um, you're the, like, everything about me is wrong and what I'm doing is um, they're not interested in. It's a waste of time. 
Um, and and, and so people on the meeting and they they aren't allowed to listen and and so everybody just kind of shuts down. I see. So and and how do you usually respond to that? Like you know, what did you do when that person did that? Um, I usually I acknowledge you know what they're saying. I said, um, can you share with me you know what what it is you're not understanding, or I'm happy to start over. Um, you know, where, where is it that you want me to give more explanation? Like I'm trying to get in tune with what they're not getting. It sounds like they're just being disruptive for the sake of being disruptive though. They're not interested in, in getting it. Right. And so, so when, yeah. when yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a very sensitive and compassionate response. Um, but mm-hmm. I think that it's end, ending up, uh, buying into what they're trying to do. I, I, I think that in, in the situation, and there are two parts to my response here in a situation like that, I think the best thing to do is to say, you know, I appreciate that you're confused about this or that you're not understanding the relevance. I'm not sure that the comment is particularly constructive at this point, but if you listen to the rest of the presentation, if you have any questions at the end, I'd be happy to entertain them. Right? So, and I want you to write that down, right? I, you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry that you're feeling confused right now. I'm not sure the comment is particularly constructive at the moment, but if you listen to the rest of the presentation, I'm sure it'll clarify some of your questions. And if you do have anything that you'd like to ask at the end, I'd be happy to entertain that. Thank you. And then go back to your talk. Because you, 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 you don't want to give them the ability to disrupt the presentation. If somebody, if, if they really were confused, they'd say, excuse me, I'm so sorry, just a quick point of clarification. What about this? Or can you help me with that? And even then, you'd still, it would still be okay for you to say, I'm going to ask you to save those questions for the end because I'm, I think I'm going to touch on some of that. You know, but, but in, the, in this case, they're trying to humiliate you for some reason. I, I have no idea what that motivation would be, what the issue is, but if you're in a position where, you know, somebody's asked you to give a presentation and you're giving the presentation, you know, then then you have the you have the power at that moment and the floor, right? So so you know they they don't even if you were just like to go back to you know Robert's rules of order or whatever they're just out of order, right? Mm-hmm. You know, even if you were somehow not presenting what they wanted you to present, that's not how and when to say it. So you have every right at that time to charitably and constructively say. You know, I'm sorry that you're confused right now. I think I'm going to address some of those things. The comment right now isn't particularly constructive, so I'm just going to ask you to listen to the rest of the presentation. I believe I'll clarify some of your concerns. If you still have some questions at the end, I'd be happy to entertain them. Boom, done. And then go right back into it. Don't say, is that okay? Don't ask permission to continue. (laughs) Just say that, shut them down. Go back to go back to your presentation. You're polite, you're businesslike, but you're moving on. Now, the one thing I would say when you mention Robert's rules of order, Greg, is that you know if they are actually correct and your presentation was not on the agenda for the meeting, that becomes problematic. So when you want to present something that means so much to you, and I love Patty that this job is not just a job to you, but truly a ministry. And thank you for that work because you're doing tremendously important work. Make sure you're working within the construct of the meeting. So if you have that to present, make sure it gets on the docket for the meeting. And if it's not on that that week's meeting or whenever that is, get that scheduled in so you have yep. the floor and you have the power. But if assuming it is on the agenda, then it's your it's your floor and you have the right to present whatever you're presenting uh, and ask people to hold their questions and comments until the end. Um, the, the, you did also mention to our, our screener, you know, that you're saying kind of at the end of your rope and you're ready to leave. 
you know, I, you know, if you do what I'm suggesting and it's not working and you're continuing to be abused in this situation, I mean, there's no job that's worth that. I mean, obviously, you need to work, you need to pay your bills. But I would suggest if, if, if this doesn't change, to so start putting your resume out there. Uh, because there's no point in staying in a situation where you're not going to be appreciated and the limits that you try to set aren't respected. Well, and also that the wonderful things that you, Patty, are trying to get accomplished aren't getting accomplished because a couple of people are undermining you. You want to be in a place where you can do what God's called you to do and really improve people's lives. The work you are trying to get done here is amazing. So try your best to make this work in the way that Greg's been talking about. But if not, start praying about God using your incredible gifts in a way that can be truly effective somewhere else. One last point to reinforce the suggestion, begin your presentation by saying, you know, I'm sure you'll have some questions or comments. I'm going to ask you to reserve those to the end of the presentation because there's a good chance I'll address those questions at some point while I'm talking. All right. So say that up front. So that's what the expectation is. And then if somebody interrupts you and it's more than, you know, a, a polite clarification, then you can use what I suggested there. And then that, that you've already laid the ground rules, so it's very clear to everybody what, what, what the behavior should be. Patty, we will put you on our Mortal Life prayer list because what you are doing for the world is so vitally important. I thank you for your good work, and I pray that God gives you a smooth path ahead on this because we need you. Thank you for what you're doing. All right, we have to go to break, but before we do, it's time for our scripture of the day, which comes to us from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. A reminder to all of us of the importance to use our words for good because words are powerful. As I mentioned in our TOB reflection earlier, you know, when God speaks, words come into being. And when we speak, we shape hearts. All right, we got to go to break. When we come back, though, we are continuing to talk with you about those people who, you know, well, speak to us unkindly, disrespectfully, cruelly, who take out their anger on us, who do or say hurtful things and then blame us for their behavior. If you're worn out from trying to tiptoe around their anger or trying to make them happy only to feel like you failed when the smallest, smallest thing sets them off, let us help you manage those verbally abusive people gracefully. 877 573 7825. More to Life will continue with your questions coming up right after the break. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. What is going to happen to the number of people living alone into their 80s and 90s? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. For various reasons, the number of seasoned saints in their 80s and 90s is climbing fast. Within this decade, the first baby boomers will turn 80. Gray divorce is a thing. And of course, there is the reality of our mortality. As expected, more females will enter their 80s and 90s alone. These statistics are sobering, but they don't have to be depressing. Some like living alone. Many of us have family nearby. But the stats show that families and public policy will 
will be affected greatly by this demographic shift. So what can we do? Plan ahead. Honestly assess your health and abilities and make adjustments, even to your home. Embrace technology to help you on this journey. Build community with your family, friends, and in your parish. And remember, Jesus is always with us. It's a promise. For more, look for the Journey Strong tab at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. This Ave Maria program is brought to you by the following. Weaving its way through the heart of the Holy Land is a well-worn path that once felt the footsteps of our biblical faith heroes, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, King David, and Jesus. From Sponsor TVN with host David Friedman and Mike Pompeo comes a sacred journey of hope along Route 60, the biblical highway. In theaters September 18th and 19th, it's Route 60, the biblical highway. Information at Route60.movie. That's Route60.movie. Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body? Well, and follow us on Facebook at More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa, and on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today we're talking about when words hurt dealing with verbally abusive people and situations. Let's talk now with Danielle, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Minnesota. Hi, Danielle. Welcome to More to Life. Hi. Thank you, Dr. Greg and Lisa, for you having my call. Now, you were saying to our screener that, you, that you've been married for 38 years and that your husband is kind of fitting into this category of being angry and verbally abusive, but when, when he says the things he says, that you tend to react and, and it all kind of escalates from there. Right. I try to um, see him as charitably as possible, and I I freely admit, I think that I've not incorporated that, and it's just like playing a game. Then I find myself in this loop of things are going around well sure. for about two to three weeks, and there always happens, and I swallow it down, and I ask him to stop. Uh, just yesterday morning, I had contractors over at the house, and I could not get a door open out to where he was. And so I went around, and we talked for a while, and then I came in, and I decided to try to take the lock off the door because it's just an auxiliary door, whatever. And he, it still didn't work, and he came in and started yelling, and my daughter heard it, and they heard it, and I was humiliated. And anger wells up in me, and I can't be the calm, stable person, so sure. I, I just, like, I fight back, and I just said something, you're lucky that, you know, I don't, you know, he's powerful and bigger and financially that's how our families run and so everything that you said is like what i'm living and then have you ever gotten have you ever tried to get any professional help daniel for yourself or the marriage no and i i is there something that would stop you like frozenness laziness comes in i meant to call catholic counselors too um (sighs) and uh, a long time ago uh, for several years we were in counseling um, like 2006, 2008, um, and I just keep thinking of this fantasy of the perfect family that things will yeah. go away if I do things right or 
like you said, the blade. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, you hit so wisely. Followers. So wisely, Daniel, you hit on the word that, that says you need to get off of that, that dream without doing something about it. You use the word, you're in this loop. And when you're in that kind of behavioral loop together, unless something changes to get you off that track, it's just going to continue forever. What you just described, though, with that, that, that giving into that fantasy is, is what's called an anxious attachment style. And it comes from being raised in a household where, you know, um, we aren't given the love that we need unless we sort of learn to do a certain dance. Um, and, you know, what it does is it teaches us in our adulthood to latch on to people who can't love us and then blame ourselves for it. Um, and, and so that prevents us from being able to set appropriate limits or get the help that we need because we feel like, well, if I, if I just pull this lever, if I just press this button, if I just twist myself into that knot, then I'll be able to figure out how to get the good person that's inside there to come out. Um, and, that, and so I, I think that at this point it's really important to, to seek some individual help so that you can heal that wound, which would allow you to set better boundaries here. I don't think marriage counseling is going to work for you at this point. Uh, it could work in the future, but you have to get yourself to a place where you can be stronger there because right now the marriage works for him, so he's not motivated to change it. All he has to do is yell and stomp and you know pout around, and, and then everybody kind of dances to his tune. So you have to learn how to be strong enough to not give into that anymore because, what? so for example, in, in that situation, rather than escalating and arguing with him, what the, the appropriate response would be to say, honey, I love you. I'm sorry that you're frustrated, but you can't talk to me that way. If you can manage to speak, say what you need to say respectfully, I'm here to listen to it. Otherwise, I'm sorry, I can't have this conversation with you. And you're, you know, so you're not trying to argue with him about it or tell him, try to convince him to be different. You're just, again, empathizing, but then giving him the choice. We can either have this conversation in a more respectful way, or I'm going to end it. Um, and, and, and then, you know, it goes from there, but I, 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 I still give you that recommendation, but I don't think that you'll be able to pull it off because there's a part of you that feels like, well, gosh, if I did that, then I wouldn't be pushing the buttons and pulling the levers and doing the dance, you know? So I, 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 I would like you to try to focus on that, but I think ultimately the, the thing that you're going to need to do is to get that help to heal that attachment wound, which is preventing you from really doing, setting those healthy boundaries. If there's more that we can do to support you in that, then I would encourage you to reach out to us at catholiccounselors.com or with anybody that, that, that you feel comfortable working with. But uh, that's the, the root problem. There's a book, I, two books actually I'd like you to get. One is called The Verbally Abusive Relationship by Patricia Evans. The other one is Attachments by Dr. Tim Clinton. Danielle, thank you so much for the call. If there's more we can do to support you, don't hesitate to reach out to us here or at catholiccounselors.com. And right now we're talking with Christine, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Indiana. Hi, Christine. Welcome to More to Life. We only have a few minutes, but I, it was important that I, I felt really strongly that we wanted to take your call. So what can we do for you here? Thank you so much. Yeah, I've had a rocky relationship with my mother-in-law, um, you know, going on. 10 to 12 years now. It probably all started after uh, our first miscarriage, and they wanted to have a party, and we didn't feel like partying. We wanted to stay up in the room, and I was crying, and they got upset with me the next day saying, what's wrong with you? We're over it. It's been months. And, and, and when was this? I'm and, sorry. So are you, was this uh, recently, or, or was it a while ago? or what, just probably back in 2014, but okay. I mean, ever since we've been married. But it's an example of, the, of how they are. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. and ever since then, you know, I, I haven't been a good enough mother. I'm not a good babysitter. I don't play with my kids enough. Uh, I don't feed them the healthiest foods. You know, it's just every, you know, the clothes they're wearing. I don't get them from mm-hmm. the right stores. It's just everything okay. I do has been under a microscope. And um, mm-hmm. so we've gone to counselors together. That didn't go well. She thought I was attacking her when I was defending myself. We've talked to oh, priests wow. and um, confessionals and stuff. And uh, finally, we've just decided to go no contact. And mm-hmm. um, that hasn't gone well either. And she's been driving by our house. They started showing up at our mass time. And now they're volunteering at our kids' schools just to see our kids. So they're going against oh our wishes. Oh, my goodness. And I, I, I feel like I'm not the crazy one. And I'm trying to be as charitable as possible by not being around her. It's causing me to sin, causing me to get angry. It's just bringing up all these old hurts and emotions whenever I deal with her. But she's so upset that we're taking the grandkids away, and I don't know what to do anymore. Well, I mean, what you're talking, what you're describing is stalking. Yeah. I mean, that, that's yeah, stalking. Yeah, she's so behavior. worried about these grandchildren that she can see, but the one that you're talking about 12 years ago that she lost, she was over in about two seconds without thinking about the fact that this was her grandchild and you lost a child and you were mortally wounded by it. But, you know, the, 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 what you're describing really is a legal problem at this point. Um, you know, and so I, I, I would encourage you to speak with a lawyer uh, about you know what your rights are in the situation where you're being stalked by somebody. You know, you, often when you know because the stalking doesn't always inv- doesn't usually involve violence. Uh, it just involves a menacing presence. Uh, we think that there's nothing that we can do, and and there may be some limitations. I'm not aware of what the what the laws would be in Indiana about stalking, but I think speaking with an attorney uh, would be important because she is terrorizing you. This is mental men- mental abuse. Um, yeah, I mean, you've done all the right things in setting these boundaries. Uh, you shouldn't feel guilty about this at all. I mean, you know, when, when, when somebody is behaving poorly toward you, you know, and you set a boundary, their the healthy response is, oh, gosh, I'm really sorry. What can I do to, to address that? You know, she just wants to be who she's being and keep doing it and have you kind of knuckle under. Even in the face of counseling together and consulting priests and going to confession together, and she's just doubling down on this is who she is and she's right. I mean, you have tried everything, Christine, to be as charitable and caring as you could possibly be in this situation. And now it's necessary to protect your mental health, your children's mental health, and yes, even her son's mental health. Yeah, so at this point, I, I would get off the phone and contact an attorney locally just to find out what your rights are as a victim of stalking. Um, because that is literally what this is. That is the d- definition of the crime of stalking. Uh, you know, when, when somebody is menacing you with their presence and, and refusing to respect those boundaries. And, of course, the laws will vary from state to state on what that actually is and what the, what the protections are and the punishments might be. But, but that, you know, that's the next step. And I'm, I'm sorry I don't have more for you. You've done all the things that you can reasonably do on, a, on an interpersonal level. And now you need to probably seek some legal remedies. Thank you so I'm much so for the call. Yeah. That's it's awful. We're going to add so your, you and our, your family to our More to Life prayer list. Uh, and, and really, if there's more that we can do to support you, don't hesitate to reach out to us. We'd be happy to support you emotionally and spiritually with what you're dealing with here while you're trying to figure out what to do legally about it. All right. Well, that's all the time we've got for today's program. Thank you so much for tuning in. I mean, you know, but the thing that we want you to take from this show is that words do hurt, you know, and, and words are powerful. When God speaks, things come into being. You know, uh, when we speak, we create emotional states in other people. We either build them up or we scar them and tear them down. And, and those words can have a lifelong impact. You know, and as St. Paul says in Ephesians from our scripture today, we, we can't let corrupting talk come out of our mouths. 
we only use words to build up each other and help us become everything God created us to be. If you're struggling with that or in the, you're a person who's re, on the receiving end of that verbal abuse, reach out to us at catholiccounselors.com and learn about all the resources we have to support you, including the Pastoral Solutions Institute's tele, pastoral telecounseling practice where you can work with a faithful, professional Catholic counselor to transform your marriage, family, or personal life in the light of God's grace. Again, that's catholiccounselors.com. And remember, folks, when we live in God's grace, there is so much more to life. Get out there and live the life that God has for you. Have a blessed day. You've been listening to More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchek. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.